Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm your radio, radio show. Hello and welcome to the Nyler Nine podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the new album from Charlie XCX, simply titled Charlie. Uh, we'll also be looking at some new songs from the likes of uh, Holy Fuck and uh, Marcus Woods and Rebel Phoenix and Wilco. And uh, I am joined, as ever, by Andrea Cleary. Hello, I'm here. Hi. Um, Vocal fry and all. <laughs> <laughs> Trey, what are, you, what are you referring to? No idea. <laughs> Hi, no everyone. Idea. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're, our podcast last week got a great reaction about the Brian yes, Shaw. Yes, thank you with, to everybody. With Louise Bruton uh, as guests. Um, but we did attract a certain uh, uh, sector of the uh, Twitter sphere. Yeah. Who were talking about uh, George Soros and uh, the Illuminati, which sheep is... and hipsters and stuff. It was very fascinating to mm. look at. It's really nice when you get an insight into other people's cultures. So. <laughs> Um, and I just realized my vocal fry went off the, <laughs> off the chart there when I said that. Anyway, thanks to everybody who got involved with the conversation last week. Yeah, I thought it was a good chat and uh, a good listen. I had a lot of good feedback over the last week. So thanks for that. Um, we'll be checking in with what's going on in uh, in terms of Dublin nightlife um, as we go. As things progress, there is uh, plans for a uh, protest or and some meetings and stuff going on in the next while. So... Mm. I'm sure there'll be more to talk about on that soon. Uh, in the meantime, I spent the last weekend in Cork for Sounds from a Safe Harbour. You were hardly um, at another festival, I was you? at another festival, Dre. Yes, it was. Um, I, I made it happen again to myself. Um, but It, was it great. looked fantastic. It was really great. Oh, it's such a great festival. Um, it's run by the main woman herself is Mary Hickson with curation help from um, the likes of... Aaron and Bryce Desner and uh, Enda Walsh and Killian Murphy and uh, I helped out a little asterisks on the end of that I helped out also on the music trail and mm-hmm. um, which is all the free events that happened around the city and it was just a fantastic weekend yet again it's 
Cork is a perfect place for a festival like that. Lots of free music events um, and lots of things going on as well as the more highbrow contemporary classical stuff. So on Friday, I saw um, Feist and a load of musicians doing a kind of songs uh, of Odyssey, kind of Homer uh, songs. And uh, I have to say, I didn't actually get to the main Feist show because we had other stuff on the music trail that weekend. Um, but her voice is so incredible. Like, oh, she's such amazing. an amazing voice she has. Then the likes of Damien Rice were playing in the Cork Opera House. We, um, I didn't make that either because of the music trail stuff. Um, and then I, there was other things like uh, Spiritual America, which was a uh, collection of like mostly jazz performers doing these uh, songs from uh, William Bertel and stuff like that. It's just really interesting. Um, much more contemporary classical stuff than maybe the National are known for, but that makes sense because Aaron and Bryce are both um, contemporary classical uh, minded musicians themselves, having done score for the likes of The Revenant and things like that. So uh, just a really different vibe for most, mostly in terms of what goes on. But I think the music trial stuff can be very accessible. Like, you know, there's a lot of folk and indie stuff happening on the trail, like Rosie Kearney. We had uh, Garrett Quinn Redmond in Winthrop Avenue on the Friday playing kind of very much cinematic kind of electronic score kind of music. And um, then we also had the Merry Wallopers who played in Crawford and Co who, uh, on Sunday um, and basically just a trad session mm-hmm. in a fancy pub. It was great crack. It was so good. They're actually playing on Friday as part of our gig in the Workman's Club. Yeah. At about 11 p.m. in the bar, they're going to set up and do that thing again and it's going to be really good because it's just a totally different vibe and uh, it's really nice to see here like a lot of very funny um, humorous young lads uh, doing... Um, trad basically yeah and doing it really well um and then there was likes of sir was who came over from sweden did a gig on the sunday we had nilo and jar jar jr that on saturday in the kino as well which is a lovely new venue which we'll find out a bit soon oh yeah i think um, i'm going there at some stage <coughs> in october yeah we're doing the live podcast there on the 13th of october as part of the core podcast festival lovely venue really mm. lovely and uh nilo packed the place out so that was great and uh yeah look i had like lemoncello played in the bar on on the sunday just like really small vibe i'd say the bar halls about like 50 people okay and just really lovely and there's just so much to see and so much to do and yes you end up staying there's, there's a lovely after party place and like we, we talked last week about swan lake and there's a lot of involving feathers and that and there was a lot of uh like Mary got a big thanks by being dumped a lot of uh, feathers on and at yeah. night, about midnight on Sunday night. So it's a great, it's a great buzz. It's a great festival. They did the, um, the music, a lot of the musicians who were there, including Alexi Murdoch and Feist and uh, Melissa Laveau and uh, Ariel, who's in also in Brockwood social scene. Um, they did a lot of music from, of Lassa as well so it, yeah it's very it's very different kind of vibe for a festival you know mm. um and some of the irish artists like um who were there for the week junior brother uh, anna mika and uh, patrick from i have a tribe actually built a curric mm. as part of the experience and they on the sunday afternoon they like took it out of the shed and uh, walked the streets with it singing sea shanties that's amazing and then put it in the river and uh, sat around for a bit. Um, Lovely. And then on Saturday, there was a particularly beautiful thing that uh, was uh, Lisa Hannigan was involved in. And it was a... So basically, this if this doesn't tell you what... This tells you what the kind of person that uh, Mary Hickson actually is. That she has the ability to be able to take uh, this 
project and see it to, to fruition. Um, so Dorothy Cross, the artist, had an idea that she wanted to. Um, so very briefly, background. Okay, there's a there was a heart that was found, um, a human heart that was found in Cork by an English soldier in the 1830s, mm-hmm. which ended up in a gallery in England, right? Um, what the hell? Yeah, so it's it's. I think it's partly dates from the 1700s, I believe. Okay. Maybe. And anyway, it's a it's a human heart in a metal box, um, and Dorothy Cross wanted to bring this to back to Cork, mm. and uh, so as part of the plan, herself and Mary uh, got together and decided, well, how can we do this properly? So they got the Irish Navy involved. <laughs> so the Navy like got this ship, uh, they're one of their big ships, the James Joyce, and brought it, uh, sailed it into the harbour with the heart on board on the Saturday afternoon. With Lisa Hannigan up at the top, um, and loads of speakers playing this, um, because ethereal music, yeah. and with her walking, Lisa around. Hannigan just looking like Catherine yeah, Hula-Han, just like, like an, an arts installation. She was kind of walking around, and then she sang a couple of tunes, and oh, then the lovely. the navy got up, navy captain got up, and started talking about how, um, the Irish navy had been directly involved in saving eighteen thousand lives in the Mediterranean, and talking about, you know, looking after people and all that kind of stuff, mm. and running in the back to the heart and just a lovely experience and very unique um and so the heart then went to a gallery the Glucksman gallery in cork for that week That's so, so if you are around on uh culture night on friday um in Emma, they are doing something uh based on the Dorothy cross project not involving a ship necessarily but okay. um involving the same the same project so uh, that is one of the things that's happening in Emma this uh friday night um okay. Quick plug time for, for Culture it. Night gigs. Sure, may as well. Uh, we have a free gig in the Workman's Club. I mentioned Mary Wallopers are playing at 11 o'clock. Uh, headlining our Silverbacks. And we also have the band Odd Morris and um, a band called GIF playing as well. So mostly guitar music that we're into at the moment. Uh, free in from 9 o'clock. So if you're out and about for Culture Night, you can pop down to the Workman's from 9 till half 12-ish. And uh, there'll be lots of good music happening there. So that's another thing that's happening. Um, A lot of time, I get, it takes me a while sometimes to recover after Sounds from a Safe Harbor, but it just felt so good after it. Like so many lovely people involved as well. And um, I was tired on Monday for sure when I came back, but um, fully restored now, I think. Worth it in the end. Doesn't happen for another two years. So uh, I'm already looking forward to it again. Yeah, it should be great. Should be great. Um, Any news with you, Dre? Um... Well, I went to see Fleabag twice in the in the past. Oh, week. you mentioned that, yeah. Um, How was it? One was live. One was the recording of the live one that I saw. Both so the same, were so the same, exact same show. Exact same show, yeah. Um, and I went with two different people. Um, and yeah, it was wonderful and a real kind of it. It's I would liken it to listening to a demo of a song that you love. Like definitely, that's a lot. A lot of it was ironed out. A lot of potentially problematic material was kind of still in the in the live show nothing too like scandalous or anything but just some kind of outdated jokes um but you know broadly it was just one of the best bits of theater I've ever seen like it was genuinely brilliant and I'd never seen a a one woman show before I'd seen a one man show before and that was all about like masculinity and stuff so this felt like a a nice um nice pairing with that with that show but yeah it was absolutely excellent and she's her 
acting ability is just completely, you know, off the charts. She's unbelievable. Um, so that's what I was doing. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> just I got the same play twice. <laughs> and it's worth repeating just uh, if it ever is coming near you, Swan Lake, Loch Nahale. Oh, yeah, of course. It's one of the best. I like friends are like we we'll, I just buy tickets for people just to tell them to go because it's something that you should experience and yeah. it is something that's uh, absolutely uh, beautiful and fantastic and uh, definitely set, uh, started off my week really well in Cork for yes. sure yeah so yeah another amazing piece of Irish theatre uh, that's been getting a lot of applause for the last couple mm. of years as well Um, so what's going on with Lyric FM I heard yeah, some in, murmurings in some sad news for for Irish culture um so on the last episode of primetime it emerged that RTE is pretty much in dire straits when it comes to their finances um and that one of the now I'm not sure if this is a quote from the episode of primetime or if it's a quote from an RTE source so don't quote me on this as an RTE thing but um that RTE is currently in talks about quote cutting deeply into areas that it is legally obliged to deliver and it is considering the future of lyric fm due to the unprecedented financial situation which i mean a- anybody who has a twitter account will have seen the the outpouring um due to this like i think L- lyric fm is one of those one of those cultural institutes institutes in this country that I think most people or most people that we would know listen to it um, at one stage or another during their week, but we might not necessarily talk about it. It's a a much more kind of um, just like, I I don't want to say background listen because they they do produce and, and play quite challenging works. But for me, the, the shame for this would be that this is the only public free access that people have to, discovering new classical and contemporary art music and to to get rid of that opportunity for people like I know when I was growing up I didn't grow up in a, in a family who listened to classical music and I, I if I hadn't listened to Lyric FM growing up just myself just through discovering it I might not have never gotten into it um would never have discovered operas that I really love would never have discovered composers that I really love um, and I probably wouldn't have gone on to study music and it, it would just be a great shame to get rid of such a vital resource for people um, yeah. for for young people especially who might not have the means to go and study music or to go and you know s- seek out music because it's not like when you don't know where to start like the yeah, uh, classical music can be particularly daunting when you're. It really can. Out. I mean, I I'm I'm a fan of classical music, and like I've you know obviously studied it and everything, and I still find classical music very daunting. Every time I go into a Spotify classical music playlist, I discover something new that I've never heard before. Um, it's just so vast, and then that's not even counting you know the the documentaries that they would put together, which are largely brilliant, and the commentary that they have around the classical work. Because what I love about Lyric FM is that they tend to provide context for the pieces that they play. Um, they'll at least tell you, you know, what it is when it was written, blah, 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 blah. But a lot of times you get a good bit of information about the composer, about the cultural context of it being written, that kind of thing. So I don't know, with with, with RTE now, like with them being in dire straits, that's a, that's a whole issue in itself because I, I was looking into the salaries of some of their kind of highest paid presenters and I mean 
some of them are on 300 400 grand a year yeah um, wasn't the point made about lyric is that you know they're actually one of the smallest uh mm. in terms of uh budget that's needed every year yeah i it mean runs it's from a studio in limerick it does yeah it's it's based down in limerick and i don't know i just don't think that so there's there was some calls to um so ronan mullen wants to introduce a legislation that would link the salaries of the top pay presenters uh, on RT to the public sector pay scale so that there would be a cap on how much they earn. Uh, who do you reckon earns the most? Tuberty. Yeah, he earns a lot of money. How much is like, it? Quite a bit of money. Um, well, I don't have the exact figure for him, but their top 10 earners collectively made $3 million in 2016 in that year that's mm. 10 10 people in the like you're telling me lyric fm costs three million a year to run i don't like no a lot of that could be very easy i mean some of this could just be a political flex perhaps it, it could it could be especially, especially with the with the conversations that are having around the arts uh, that yeah. people are having around the arts at the moment it would behoove um yeah people I, to be on the right side of this and to fight to retain lyric fm yeah and i think from a listener's perspective as opposed to like a, a classical enthusiast having that option on radio like i think a lot of people probably put on um lyric when they just can't stand the inane chatter that's going on on mm. other stations or some of the overly um pop or uh, mainstream music that's just always on and you're like yeah. actually lyric has a vibe and a mood that really suitable my wife listens to it on the car all the day uh, when she's driving because she just finds it really relaxing yeah and that's fair enough as well that's like an actually useful useful public service absolutely you know? yeah it's 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 definitely vital to give people a choice I, I definitely think we have two or three radio stations that are carbon copies of each other that are just being sent the same you know, the pop songs and press releases every week and they're just kind of churning out the same things. Um, obviously not to say that we don't have great people on radio at the moment, but this this would really, really be a blow to a, a kind of a, a diversity in listenership. And it, it just feels kind of needless and pointless. And I yeah. really, really hope it doesn't happen. Uh, there's a petition going around for whatever those things are worth. I don't know if they... I never know if they work or not, but sure, I've signed it anyway. And if anybody else wants to sign it, it's going around on Twitter. Um, but they seem to be doing quite well with it. But yeah, it's just, you know, it's... Can we not just have a week where they don't try to take culture away from us, you know? Even Marty in the morning, you know? Like, yeah. you need a bit of Marty in the morning sometimes. Just, or yeah. uh, Hamilton Scores. You ever listen to that show? George Hamilton's um, classical music uh, score show. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, good, good crack. It's mental sometimes. You're just like, what is he talking about? Yeah, yeah. And because he relates it back to football sometimes, and it's like, what? Okay. Where did that come from? Or, you know, there's just so many great shows, and there's a soundtrack show on it as well. Yeah. There's um, John Kelly of course uh, in the evenings and uh, so there's loads of different things that um, are really would be sadly missed <clears throat> former well he's just left but former um, 
RT producer Ian Wilson said uh, on Twitter earlier this week that this crisis in uh, quotation marks had been coming for the last three years at least. The only news is that RT has stated it publicly, a mixture of government incompetence, media vested interests and Montrose inertia and unwillingness to change has led to this. Mm. I mean, that's just one tweet. So and that's just an opinion of somebody who used to work in RT, but up until very recently in the last year. Um, but but if, if you go through the hashtag on Twitter, there's a lot of people reporting that morale seems to be quite low at RTE at the moment. And obviously these financial pressures are are affecting the people that work there. I mean, they, they employ so many people. Like there's so many people working for RTE across, you know, television and radio and, and everything that they do. But I mean, there, there was some, I think, fair points to be made about the pros and cons of RTE being both a producer and a broadcaster um, and whether or not they should or could maybe go down the route of a TG car or a Channel 4 where it is it can be independently produced or independently made and produced yeah. things and then broadcast, which, I mean, I... There's pros and cons to both. Um, it's it's nice to have our public broadcaster as somebody who supports um, artists and who su- supports people, you know, coming up and producers and radio personalities and the like. But if they're in this much financial, like, pressure, it doesn't seem like it's the right idea to get rid of what could easily be seen as the easy target instead of addressing financial inequality from within. Yeah. You know, it feels like somebody really needs to have a look at their accounts. <laughs> like, and yeah, and they need to look at salaries, salaries because yeah. I mean, the the a point a very well a very well made point was brought up on Twitter. I can't remember by whom, but that these you know top rated or top paid um, RTE presenters they're also doing other work and they're also making money. They've got really high fees for appearing on other broadcasts or talks or whatever it is that they do so them taking a salary cut isn't gonna it's it's not gonna hit them hard you know they're able to make money mm. and i mean it's a salary cut. it's a very small like amount of people we're talking about here who actually 10 people can, made up three million you like know, so, you over know. time it wouldn't really matter it's not like you're taking a massive pay everyone has absolutely to not and i mean if you're earning over 300 400 grand a year you maybe need to be looking at you know why? Why you're why you're paying any one individual that amount of money? That amount of money is staggering. Yeah. Like oh. anyway, hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, I hope not. Maybe this was some sort of um, I don't know, um, some sort of uh, cry for help. Mm, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, a, a good thing that's come out of it this week is that a lot of people are sharing their love. I mean, similarly to the sad news about the Bernard Shaw last week, a lot of people are sharing their love for Lyric FM and showing their support. Um, on and maybe this will encourage people to maybe yeah. pay their license. Kind of makes you wonder if there's going to be any music left on the radio in the next ten years, like after ten years, because you know, I mean, any music that aren't ten hits in a row and the but, like. But even that, you know, like you're like, where is that going? Why? As someone like I had a very like I enjoyed my radio experience with TXFM and two years I had doing that show, and I still miss radio, but um, it is a great. You know, it's a very rewarding thing and it's very, it's a great, very intimate thing to do. But like most radio presenters don't get the opportunity to do that. Um, it's kind of playlist. But Lyric has that 
because because it's classical and because it's not a mainstream as in like pop and chart music it's has its own vibe and that's why i think people a lot of people tune in, tune into it even though you know i think it has a totally it's done a lot of stuff in terms of broadcasting stuff from mm. national concert hall and things like that yeah. so you know, and i've i've heard really really challenging works on it's like everything is lyrics. here is just going from like the variation in in ireland is just like being thrown away it's because yeah. this is like yeah this complete monotone homogenous kind of culture and that um only people who are involved in the arts are supposedly only care about, which is just not true. It's just not true. Yeah. Like it's, it, it isn't. I mean, you, you literally just have to look at what people are saying on, on Twitter. Like a, I've seen so many tweets of people saying that they, they're not, you know, seekers of classical music. They don't own any classical music. They don't go to the concerts, but they listen to Lyric FM. It provides a service. Yeah. That's exactly what a public service is. And yeah. um, like on the radio, when you, when you're going around the dial, whether you like it or not, like lyric is a is a sanctuary for mm. from the rest of it. It is. <laughs> oh like, god, I there's just... there's nothing better than getting a taxi home at the end of a long night and they've got lyric FM on, and you're like, that yes. rarely happens. <laughs> I've oh no, it's happened to me a good few times now, and I've just zoned out in the back seat, just having a lovely time. I will say, Sunshine One Hundred Six Point Eight is a lovely journey home, but yeah, it has to be post three a.m. I think. Yeah, bit of the cores. It's yeah. a nice time. But yeah, no, sad news, but hopefully yeah. not so sad that it will actually happen. <laughs> RT got rid of their children's programming a couple of years ago on they TV. They did, yeah. So, you yeah. know, I mean, it's not unprecedented. No. So, um, yeah. But you'd imagine they'd make money from the children's programming. You'd imagine that's the... I don't know, maybe it's got, maybe the... Like, it's, it's, it's very expensive to get an ad in a children's Maybe advertising slot. for children is more tenuous, this, or like more maybe. difficult to... Yeah, I don't know the reasons behind that, but there was a, I remember there was a lot of like in the industry, mm. a lot of people giving out about that at the time. But yeah. like, you know, um, yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah. So Lyric FM, um, keep an eye on it and see what's happening. Um, I have an update for you <laughs> on something completely different. Oh yeah, um, Azealia Banks and Elon Musk and Grimes. Well, less Grimes this time. This is Azealia Banks and Elon Musk. Um, Azealia Banks revealed that a digital version of on the digital version of her latest mixtape, Young Rapunzel, which is still hasn't come out yet, will feature a song telling a story of an ungrateful technocrat whose ego becomes too big for his bridges and is publicly executed in the year 2030. <laughs> the, uh, the, the technocrat's name in the song, which is called 96 Corolla Motorman, Milan is, is Alan Dust. <laughs> um, he apparently comes up with the perfect scheme to entire, uh, entice uh, poor people into allowing their brains to be used as an interface called Neuralink. Neuralink creates an AI overlord which recognizes its creator, Alan Dust, as a threat. Alan Dust is publicly executed by having his brain activity halted, rendering him a vegetable and raising him as a threat to humanity. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> I, I would read this book. This, okay. sounds, this sounds like a Vonahut thing. <laughs> this is amazing. This more or less tracks with Elon Musk's plan for the real Neuralink, uh, which seeks to create a human-machine brain interface that in the long term would achieve uh, symbiosis with artificial intelligence. Wait, is this real or is this yes, in the this song? Is real. That's this real. Is, yeah, he, oh. uh, he's trying to address the... Um, uh, singularity. Um, so, I mean, stop for five minutes trying to address the singularity. It's too scary. Like, <laughs> just leave it alone. Somebody has to address we it. We can't even could like. I chose Elon Musk to do it. Uh, like, no, I don't want him to do. It. I don't want anybody to do it. Leave AI alone. We're not ready. <laughs> we can't even sustain humans on the planet. Have you ever talked to an Alexa? 
They're not very no, generous. No, no, sorry. There's one in work and I hate her. I, uh, it. I hate it. I hate that it's gendered. I hate that it listens to me. I, I just, I hate the whole thing. I absolutely can't stand it. I think you can't change it to just computer. Really? Yeah, anyway, but yeah. then you have to say, okay, computer, or like, hello, computer, which is a bit weird. Yeah, I anyway, know. Um, like, saying okay, computer to a computer is too okay, computer for me, <laughs> to be honest. Um, there's something else that I think you, you need to address this week. What's that? A correction on an opinion you had last week. Mm, I don't, uh, <laughs> I think you find if I, li- if you listen back to last week's episode, I was... I wasn't on the fence and I wasn't that negative either. I mm. was mostly positive. All I know is I have received four, no fewer than four WhatsApp messages from you in the past week. All caps, <laughs> just I'm your stepdad. Yeah, so we played the song, uh, one of the songs of the week last week is from Alex Cameron. The song is called Stepdad. Mm-hmm. Um, and as uh, Luke Sharkey rightly pointed out on the website this week, it sounds like a cross between Bruce Springsteen and Future Islands. It does. Yes, yeah. it does. And I cannot get it out of my head and I fucking love it <laughs> I'm so happy <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like one of those songs like this is so dumb and then you're like actually this song is amazing so funny it's so it's, funny yeah and then I listen to the album and the whole thing is brilliant and I'm like oh class it's called Miami Memory and it's just really funny and it's the songs are great and you're like this is fucking brilliant this is a 1975 level turnaround no 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 I love it don't gaslight so me like, like <laughs> Alex Cameron says in his song <laughs> Gaslight. <laughs> like he, he has a lyric. He has a lyric on his new album. that's like, uh, "Baby, talk to me. You've been acting strange. I can see in your eye there's something wrong. And these texts are all crazy. I'm not surprised because I've seen it before. Uh, hear me out. I'm a nice guy in the night. Use my gaslight." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, he's such a weirdo. Yeah, but there's something so oh, intriguing great. about I like, him. I think Stepdad I is a banger. Both though. myself and Luke this week separately to each other burst out laughing when listening to the first song on the album, which is called uh, Miami Memory. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the first line is just holding your hand at the strip club. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like it goes into much more um, uh, graphic things in there, but uh, it's very funny watching you dance with a ball cap on and then it goes into, yeah, some explicit stuff there. Explicit material. Yeah, it's fucking brilliant though. I just it's thought it was good, really important that you address that this week. Fire from Born Again, she's doing porn again. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like he's a proper like character um, lyricist and he's doing it really well and he's doing it in a really way, in a way that's like just really funny and really humorous. And then when I had... I 100% agree. Yes, Yes, uh, it was last week. It was um, uh, Louise that wasn't on board for sure. With Louise that was not on board. She was not on board. That's okay, <laughs> though. It is okay. We welcome um, a diversity of opinions here at the Nine Nine Podcast. Yeah, we do. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on to our songs of the week for this week. Yes, we are. Um, so uh, we will form opinions on them in the moment and tell you what we think of them. Um, Live, and, and maybe change them <laughs> next week. Who knows? Um, okay. Don't we, hold us to anything. <laughs> yeah, this first song is called uh, "Digger" by a band called Great Grandpa. Oh, 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 
Okay, that is a song from Great Grandpa. It is called Digger. Uh, Dre, this is your choice. Tell me a bit more about this band. Um, so, like most of the bands that I seem to be bringing to the podcast lately, uh, was largely unfamiliar with them before this week. Uh, they're a Seattle five piece, and this track is off their sophomore full length uh, LP, which will be out this October. And I just really, I was really taken in by the vocals in this track. It, re- it reminded me of kind of a Dolores O'Riordan, like that, you know, down, like singing down here and then going up into that heady voice in an almost yodely kind of way. Um, I thought that was really effective and just think it's a really strong chamber pop sound um, with a lovely, lovely melody throughout it. I really like the guitar work in it. Um, and I'll definitely be giving the album a listen. I don't have a date for the album. It just says October, but, that, you know. That, that'll do. That'll do, um, yeah. I, it reminded me a little bit like Julian Baker or something like that. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Um, Oh, by the way, side sidebar, your your use of the word sophomore. If that was written on the site, I would have edited it out. Oh, why? <laughs> I just hate the word sophomore. You don't sophomore. like the word sophomore? Yeah, it's an American term that no one in Ireland uses. I just hate it. I, I use so- I'm I'm here. I use sophomore. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm going to edit this out and okay. make, just make you say second. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I just, it's not a word I like. That's okay. All. Well, fine. I'm just telling you. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you that. Go on, tell, tell um, me some words. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a nice track. Um, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's a nice track that uh, I pleasantly enjoyed, and uh, I will listen to the album when it comes out. It's nice and just like, ah, uppy uh, and ah. sweet. Well, I had the opposite for you now. Okay, because uh, it... This is from Holy Fuck, and it's called Lux. I would edit that word out. Oh, yeah, well... Good Lord. It's, we're, this is an explicit podcast. Language. So you can feck off. <laughs> uh, this is called uh, Lux, featuring Alexis Taylor. song is six minutes long so you only have a bit of it there that is holy fuck with a song called looks uh featuring alexis taylor bit of a background to this song itself it is um holy fuck on live on tour have often been uh, making kind of improvised tracks and uh, i think they were feeling a while ago like they weren't doing that enough mm. and they decided to do it in luxembourg when they were playing a gig there and um, they recorded 
whatever version they did in the encore of this track and once they took it home um they had a recording of it and they started building a track out of it and then they sent it to kieran hebden aka fortet and uh, his advice um some they say always always intuitive advice but uh you know sometimes like it's a little bit like you shouldn't do this i don't know i was like i make this music you should make music like me sometimes um but his advice was to push away from some of the very indie rock sounds uh, that Which they, they obviously didn't. Well, <laughs> yeah, they didn't. It sounds more like John Hopkins or something like yeah. that. Um, but anyway, they decided to go a step further and uh, one of the band members uh, decided, uh, how about instead of getting our own vocalist to do it, we get Alexis Taylor of Hot Chip to do it. I feel so bad for their <laughs> vocalists. It's like, oh yeah, no, your work was great man don't like honestly essential to the track but alexis taylor's actually gonna do it now so <laughs> uh, i think it was good it's so good um, i mean like holy fucker are a really good live band but they certainly could do with some impact in terms of recorded stuff and this kind of can help those kind yeah. of things we're talking about them right now but the other thing is that what's interesting about it like well they did have temporary vocals Mm. guide track for Alexis so they sent him some notes more like like an old sample you dig off an old folk record and approach more like a classic house track and he responded we could try and record the vocal in a voice o graph boot i.e. an obsolete 1940s coin operated phonograph boot <laughs> if we can access one and uh, it turns out there's only two in the world one in Liverpool uh, that apparently doesn't work anymore and the other in Third Man's studio of course Jack White's studio yeah. in uh, Nashville where he recorded this, and that's why it sounds like a bit tinny and like like it was recorded uh, like an old sample. So, it's the best uh, bit of the track is is the tone on those vocals. It's, it's very unusual because it's just like, why is he singing like that? And yeah, now I know. Yeah, a, he a, sounds really far away, but you can still tell it's Alexis Taylor. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's ri- really, really rich and lovely. Well, he does have that kind of voice for sure that mm. you could just figure out it's him, uh, even if you heard it a million miles away. Um, yeah, this is a nice track and uh, interested to hear what comes from them um, in the near future. I presume there is an album on the way as well, so that will be good to hear. Um, and so let's move on. Our next track is from uh, Wilco. Uh, the song is called Everyone Hides. Everyone Hide. You sell yourself on a tale Where the details drip with time where the point gets lost in the telling And the telling was the point all the while Deep inside Everyone hides oh, oh. Some of the time Track from Wilco from their forthcoming album, which I forgot to write down. Oh to Joy, did I get Oh to right? Joy? I got yes. it right. Yeah, yes. uh, you chose this track this week, right? Of course I did. Yeah. Um, so Wilco or Wilco, you know, they're just unbelievably good at what they do, and this is more of it, I guess. Uh, we haven't heard from them really since their album Schmilko. Um, 
in 2016, which has one of my favorite artworks on it. Um, look it up <laughs> because I can't show any of you, I'm afraid. Um, I, will, I will describe it by okay. looking at it now because I can't remember what it looks like. It is, oh, it's that artist it's the, like, that I love, Jan, uh, jo- Joan Cornella. Yeah, and it's yeah. a kind of a bunch of comics or it's a singular comic strip and yeah i follow john cornella on instagram and you should too if you yeah. like weird content in your feed definitely worth doing <laughs> uh, bizarre stuff um but a uh, very unique and uh yeah warped humor warped so, humor yeah, for, sure, for sure yeah and yeah. definitely um maintained cartoons. on that schmilko cover um i absolutely love that album that album is like very you're just looking at comics now. Aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> that album is like really really just it's such a strong album and it feels like an album that's been in my life for a lot longer than three years you know it's so ingrained within me it is um but yeah this is this is their first return in a while now and I think it I think it's really really strong the video is cool and interesting it involves the band which is um kind of rare or we haven't seen that in a while um, and yeah, I just like it. Do you like Wilco? Uh, I've actually never gone into Wilco, really. I've, I've tried. Um, give, give Schmilko a go. Yeah. I, I feel like you'd like it. It's not I don't like, like dislike them or anything. You yeah. Know? It's just one of those, like, I just never got into them. I never gone back anytime I listened to them. I never, mm. I'm like, that's nice. Yeah. And then that was it. And then like Yankee Foxtrot Hotel, whatever uh, it was called. Um, I've tried that a good bit. I know I can recognize it's a good album, but I just... It's not really something I gravitate towards. Mainly, okay, I think. even at this time of year when it's <coughs> yeah, autumnal. look, it's very rare I'd be looking for an album to go and listen to. That's and, yeah, that's um, the problem. Isn't we were it? just talking. There's a lot of albums coming up in the next uh, few oh, weeks, like Lord. Dermot Kennedy and Der- and uh, <laughs> Dermot Kennedy and Dermot Kennedy and Dermot and, Kennedy and then Dermot Kennedy as well, yeah. and then girl band and uh, that American rapper. What's his name? Oh, uh, uh, Kanye. Uh, yeah, Kanye yeah, yeah, West, he's an yeah. He's album out next I week. I think he's got one coming up, something or other. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like this Wilco track. It's a good Wilco track. Good job, Wilco. If you like Wilco, you'll like this Wilco track. Good. That's my review. That's your review. Well, yes. I mean, that's kind of like, can Wilco win new fans other than people who just like, just happen to get into Wilco? I, yeah, There's I probably think enough for that. like, I think they've already broken through to their fan base and the people that are going to discover them have a lot of back catalogue to work through and most, if not all of it, is really, really good. So that's, like, if you haven't gotten into Wilco and you like the sound of that, there's a lot there for you to dive into, for sure. Very good. That is Wilco with Everyone Hides. Here's our next song. It is from uh, Marcus Woods and uh, Rebel Phoenix featuring Mango. It is called Heat Waves. This message like a preacher, open boy, I'm man, I have to keep you spoke with this cause evil don't retire. They say God loves a troy, I would just do it cause I'm past that. They try cloning with style, but these live breaths get laughed at. Okay. Still out here ballin', sink the pockets, bitch. Pound for pound, the best around and round for round, I'm dumping clips. A phony hustler's always handing out the dumbest tips. Built the cash shadows over these puppets like a full eclipse. Steady handing out heat waves, sat on the sun for five weekdays, mastered the gang on no weak plays. Gotta run it up with no delays I say what I want, I don't rephrase Speaking free but his speech pays Steady handing out heat waves Sat on the sun for five weekdays Mastered the game, got no weak plays 
Gotta run it up and no delays I say what I want and I'll rephrase Speaking free but this speech pays I'm my dogs that rubber beat Them bandanas that hit a seat Still a bad man to the bed with me Yeah you gang gang then let me see Okay, where the guns at? Huh? Where the hammers and the funds at? Shut up, never done that I'll cut when I see them guns at Yo, this must be a wind up Don't believe in the hype but Paying for streams and likes but I still never seen them on the line up I'm that Go to the system Put my go in the system Come back and smoke in the system Spit that game so I hope they listen like That is Rebel Phoenix featuring and Marcus Woods featuring uh, Mango track is called Heatwaves from the Global Warming EP which came out last Friday. Um, I love the production on this particularly. Mm, uh, filthy. Marcus Woods is like, uh, he, he, that is uh, close to, the closest I've heard from an Irish uh, producer in terms of doing something like LP does for Run The Jewels. Mm. It is, yeah, that kind of, I love that kind of uh, nuanced um, detailed low-end production stuff and Rebel Phoenix and Mango kind of bringing the heat on a song called Heatwave so I think that's pretty good um, I'm into that um, EP is good overall and nice to hear some more Irish collabs I think Irish rap needs a lot more albums these days anyway mm. so we're getting some we're getting some releases I want to hear more um, I think that's what we need around Ireland as well. The Cork scene and the Limerick scene, more albums, more well put together albums that will really lift what's going on. Which is, and there's a lot going on here. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a, an example of more I'd like to hear. Mm. I um, saw, I don't know wh- where it was, but it was about the the EP Global Warming. And but it was one of those things where you just catch it and it just said global warming coming soon. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, We're living in it, baby. Yeah, it's it's happening now. Keep up. <laughs> but um, yeah, I also I agree with you on everything there. I really, really, really like the production on this. I just feel like it's so kind of deep and dirty and like intricate. And uh, I think the rhythm is great. Um, everyone on it sounds great. It's top notch. Good, good stuff. Cool. That is uh, Rebel Phoenix and Marcus Woods from their Global Warming EP with Mango. The song is called Heat Waves. Now it is time for our album of the week. It is from Charlie XEX, and the album is called Charlie. Going to play a track from it called Cross You Out to give you a flavour of it. That is a track from Charlie XCX album, uh, Charlie. It is her third studio album. That track features a uh, a lot of collaborations on this album, actually, but that one in particular features Guy Ferreira. It's called Cross You Out. Uh, there's also, we may have heard um, the Christine and the Queens track, uh, Gone, uh, with Charlie XCX on the album as well. Um, Troy Savan with 1999, which was released well before the album. Um, Heim. 
Kim Petras, Tommy Cash, uh, Lizzo's on this. Uh, who else is on it? Cupcake, um, Big Frida, Claro, and Yeji, one of my favorite uh, Korean producers, and Trice Vans on it twice, uh, and Brooke Candy as well. So loads of people are on this album. This is her third album since, a third full length album, if you don't count the four mixtapes that she had out. But this feels like a more logical. Uh, next step from the album she the mixtape she released in two weeks before christmas cleverly um a hard time for any album to be released and i think it probably did get a bit lost at the time it definitely it was did. a mixtape it was called pop 2 and um and that was brilliant yeah i've only I, I completely missed that at the time because i was in deep in uh end of year season mm. so i didn't really get to listen to it that was my respite later. from end of year season uh, um i was like i want to listen to something that i don't need to review right now and um listen to that and I was just oh yeah. god it opened so strongly such a good mixtape yeah, it, it should have been an album like it yeah no it's basically it is an album it to is, me yeah. I would consider that an album yeah me too um so again I think you know around that time uh just before uh in 2016 um Charlie XCX started working with AG Cook and the PC Music crew and has given her that collaboration has given her a lot of um probably underground kudos but also more specifically away from anything other than kudos just like a streak of experimentalism and um interesting sonic palettes and production that um was sort of like lacking in her work um and it's something that she seemed to really warm to herself um i think the polarity of charlie xcx has always been struggling with being a iconic pop songwriter she writes big hits like uh, uh the iconic pop track so when she played at a picnic a couple of weeks ago she played a few of those track like fancy with uh, iggy azalea and iconic pops i love it and stuff like that songs that she wrote herself and gave to other artists and ever since you know she was able to write those big songs for the people she's been doing for a long time her own career and her own reputation has grown but maybe not as much as other people might expect it to do. She's never really been able to fit in the mainstream box so easily. And I think that's where she's going to stay generally. Uh, if, a while ago on, on Instagram, she said something that was quite telling. Um, it was She was having a bad day, but she so she was kind of just put a thing in her notes app and said, uh, sometimes I wish I was only a songwriter and not an artist so I could give my songs to other artists to sing. And then maybe me, more people would hear them and connect with them. I don't really understand how music works, <laughs> nor do I really care. But to sometimes I think I was born in the wrong era. So, you know, there's in, in the dichotomy of being who Charlie XCX is, is like someone who's known for writing big pop hits and then who's also a cool pop artist who also has the ability to shapeshift and make different kind of pop music. That's certainly not like massively streaming numbers, but like has a lot of stands, a lot of fans who are just really into what she does. Um, and someone like her who has such a great reputation and very seems very successful um to like she admitted she was having a bad day and you know that was just one thing but like there's a lot more than maybe meets the eye to charlie xcx if and initially you know you're like oh here's this big cool uh this amazing songwriter who knows how to write these big songs but has always struggled with her not struggle then struggle is the wrong word perhaps but like always not found her place her own place as a solo artist and um, i think you're hearing that a lot on this album charlie 
there's um as Stereogram actually subscribed uh, described it. It's an antagonism against the status quo that causes her to push boundaries, and I think that's what a lot of what's happening here. There's a clash between this outsider experimental artist and this hip hop songwriter that Charlie XX is that she's kind of playing around with, but also exploring. And there's probably more personal songs on this album than you've ever heard, although a lot of it is kind of coated in. Uh, a big sheen, uh, some auto tune stuff. Um, a lot of auto tune. Bombastic production by A.G. Cook. Uh, um, the song here that sounds a bit like um, Phil Collins' '80s reverb drums towards the end. Um, I don't want to know. Then there's the like bangers, <laughs> like uh, the one "Shake It" with Big Frida and Brooke Candy and Cupcake. Then there's the Stargate produced track, which was initially featured in a different form on Pop Two called Blame It On Your Love, which features Lizzo now. Mm. And it's, it's probably the most like mainstream track on here, which makes sense if it was produced by or Stargate. Or 1999. That too, yeah, yeah. Featuring Troy Sivan, um, himself a very big pop star as well, and a huge fan base. Um, beep, beep to you. Vroom, vroom, <laughs> says you. <laughs> so, uh, Dre, how are you feeling about um, Charlie, um, the third album by Charlie X? Yeah, so with Charlie... I've always kind of admired the char the character of Charlie XCX or the persona that she has kind of had. I think everyone at one point or another can identify with that sort of the party person who doesn't have any problems because they're with their friends and they're partying and partying's all that matters. But what I what I like about Charlie XCX is that she has in the past and does at times on this album kind of push through that and kind of explore what happens when the party's over um, and you get the kind of more sad banger or just sad moments or her ex exploring like loneliness and love but from the perspective of someone who's like I'm a really fun party girl you know so I've, I found there was a lot of kind of a lot of different directions that she was coming at this album with not all of them worked for me um, I, I think I can I can identified three different mixtapes in this album. Do you know, there's like, mm. like, like you said, there's the big pop bangers like 1999 um, and Blame It On Your Love and the the Cupcake one, which honestly I could have done without. I'm not a fan of that song at all. Um, last two songs as well, I, I just was, wasn't that wild about, but tracks like um, Warm, uh, which features Haim, um, Gone, White Mercedes, which I think is the standout on on the album. I just think it's it's so um that's it, it it wasn't really until White Mercedes that I felt like I was listening to Charlie herself. Yeah. Um, well there's a run of four songs there after that's the ninth song on the album. There's that, yeah. fifteen tracks in total. Um and those four songs, there are no guests on it. And I think it's really beneficial because... Why Mercedes Silvercross, I Don't Want to Know, and Official. Yeah. yeah. So there's no guests on that. And that's kind of exploring the more introverted side of the artist, more personal their relationships and uh, uh, alienating other people in her life mm. and stuff like that. And that's the part of the album I like most. Yeah. Um, it's like, that's not to say that I don't like all of the guests on it i like the sky ferrera one and i like the heim one i will say the songs like the, that sky ferrera one uh, across the out um, warm and 
even February 2017 with Claro and Yeji had been released just before the album came out. Mm. And I was like, oh, I don't know about these. Yeah. Even gone to a lesser extent. I was like, I liked it, but it wasn't like, oh, this is this is an absolute like repeat Mm. repeat song um but in the context of the album i think they do a lot better even 1999 as well even though it kind of stands out for being such a single um in terms of the album i'm not mad about 1999 yeah i don't mind it it's it's better than spicy remember spicy well who who could forget spicy for for a minute the first time i put it on i was like oh god i hope spicy is not it actually didn't even occur to me my my (laughs) brain was just like delete that song and everything about it yeah i actually really enjoyed that cross you out song now gone and christina Queens works really well and as uh, it's been pointed out you know the uh, that song the fact that it's about you know being basically being in a club or being in a party where you just hate everybody mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and you feel like you don't belong and I think that's the something that's a kind of a uh, sentiment that Charlie XCX is exploring a lot here about mm. you know not feeling like she fits in and as she said in her Instagram post there you know Sometimes I think I was born in the wrong era. So there's a part of that there where you're like, yeah. I think that's know. that's the side of Charlie that I connect with most. That kind of, like, like I said, the person who's at the party but having a great time, but then she just explores way more deeply like why she's at the party like why what why is it that she has this persona and there's definitely like a double identity thing going on there that I think she does achieve well on this album, but there's far, far too much baggage here for me to appreciate this as a work in itself. There's just, at times there's far too much going on. I think her, not all of her experiments work for me. Um, like click, I, I don't know, like I, nothing in it speaks to me but I enjoy the sound of it if that makes sense like I enjoy the intricacy of having you know these samples of there's like cash cash registers and people clicking their fingers and like these like really really intricately produced and woven together things but I don't think that it actually ends up being a good song I think it just ends up sounding interesting and I think those are two very very different Mm. things um but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm. I have to say, I was while while I found White Mercedes and Official, which are both going into my playlist of favorite albums or favorite songs of the year. I think they're exceptional songs from her. Um, I was I was kind of disappointed with the with the length of it and with its lack of focus and clarity towards one singular um idea. Yeah, it definitely feels like a like the fifth mixtape as opposed to the album album. Like Pop Pop know? 2 felt like more of an album than this. I know it was shorter, it was only eight tracks, this is 15 tracks. Um but I don't know, yeah, and then I was thinking, you know, a lot of the pop albums that I've loved this year haven't really been feature heavy. Yeah. Um so maybe that's just something that I personally don't like that much. But there's a lot on it. Like there's it's, a it's 15 lot minutes, of features but there's a lot of features on it. Maybe there's a lot of features on it. At some point like, but I think somebody the, has to go Do we really need it like for like do we need really need that many guests on a track yeah, or like, like I, I I think the Christine the Queens and the Sky Ferreira ones work because those songs would have sounded the exact same. Like they're Yeah, the ones they're, they're that they, they the, songs. the tracks fit in. But the they, the Lizzo one, I don't I don't understand why yeah. Lizzo needs to be on that track. 
Talks doesn't really do much it to it. Um, I really, I do like the chorus of the song. It, yeah, but it isn't something that like is plays to Lizzo's best. I don't think it plays um, to either of their best, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Um, you mentioned White Mercedes there, and, that, and I mentioned that song reminds me of Taylor Swift, most recent work yes. as well, actually. And uh, Silver Cross would be up there with the, one of my favorites on this one, and then Twenty Ninety Nine with another Trice of Anne track uh, following on from 1999, the futuristic version mm. is, yeah, it's okay. Um, I, I really, I have, really dislike 1999. <laughs> I really dislike it. Yeah, it's a real, like, tame banger. Right? It, yeah, it's, it's a super tame banger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just, it, it. there was another song released, was it last year? By some singer, I oh, don't know. I know the one you're talking. Do you know about, the one I'm on about? I don't remember who it is, but uh, yeah, where every reference was just in it, like, oh, what happened in the nineties or, or yeah, early two thousands, the early two thousands, and I was like, this is that, this is just that song, isn't it? Like with the "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time" reference in yeah. it, and I'm just like, I don't know, leave. 90s pop stars alone, Charlie. Leave the Spice Girls alone. Leave Britney alone. <laughs> Leave Britney alone. I can't like, believe you just she, said that. She doesn't need to do that. She do, Like, I, I don't know. I think she can't help herself sometimes, though, because she's such a good star and she just loves, obviously loves, like, massive pop hooks and stuff like that so much. But, like, there's a lack of... Like putting that in the middle of uh, after the first three songs kind mm. of just throws you out of the the loop a bit. I and think so. Yeah, you kind of get back to it a little bit, and then you get deeper into who Charlie is and that and that run of four songs, and then you're onto the um, like bounce banger, um, shake it, and stuff like that. And I was like, they don't really fit in there either. And like click, no. I don't mind click so much. I just think it's like. One of those like posse kind of tracks, so you're just like, yeah, we can do whatever we want. And yeah, it's like, it's, it's a fine. fun sonic experience, but yeah, you're probably right. It's probably not a great track. Yeah, like it's not a great songwriting, but it's like. And then sh- shake it. Hard. I'm I'm just I feel like like maybe I know what she was going for, but it didn't it didn't do a single thing for me at all. I did like the bit where where Cupcake comes in and she with. Wi- whispers I nearly said whipsers which is what I used to say for that word when I was a kid <laughs> along with uh, you're, you're aggressing like Charlie right right cripsies as well <laughs> I said that for years um when she whispers um her first first uh cupcake does when she comes in first I like that moment and beyond that I'm just largely disinterested in that song but like like I said there are tracks on this that I think are brilliant in terms of her career and they stand up as as much as anything from pop two which is i think my favorite thing that she's released um but maybe they just would have fit better with that and that this this is just it, it, it there's just kind of too much going on for me mm, yeah okay um yeah i but that's just my opinion man what what do you think <laughs> uh yeah i like i'm, I'm not too dissimilar i do enjoy it i think it's a good album a lot of it doesn't, it feels like it's, yeah, colliding two worlds, two different viewpoints, too much where it doesn't really work for me. But then other parts of it, I'm just like, yeah, I like this a lot. Um, mm. I think overall, like, I was expecting disappointment when I was hearing those early tracks with Haim and Sky Ferreira, but in the context of the album, they work a lot better. Mm. And they're songs I would enjoy much more now. So I'm definitely into that. Mm. Um, but And I guess the album is called Charlie. So what we can gather from like self-titled solo artists uh, albums is that this is 
I suppose, a representation of, I mean, even the cover art, like she's she's naked. It's all very kind of, this is me, this is who I am. Um, and if she's this is who she bit, is, but yeah. no, but as in like the imagery is of a naked person, as mm, in yeah. I'm showing my whole self, this is, this is me, you know, that whole thing. Um, and if this is where she's at, like if this is the kind of stuff that's bouncing around in her head, you know, that's fine. But I, I just think that maybe the the album didn't kind of need to be as erratic as it is maybe if it was even if it was even sequenced better yeah i would have liked it more i think she i would love to just hear charlie xcx committing to one sound on a single release like this where like i've said it before but one of my favorite things that she's ever done is the vroom vroom Mm. Um, track went, which started off the production with PC Music and um, or her collaborative um, process with PC Music and I just like would like you know a mixtape of all that kind of stuff or an album of all that kind of stuff or an, then separately an album of all the other stuff that she could well, do well I think Pop know. 2 manages, manages a single um, idea yeah. and in, interesting ways of exploring one idea it's just yeah, it, it's a shame because of when it was released and the fact that it was released as a mixtape. I think a lot of people felt like they could just gloss over it. But I think it's like Pop Pop 2 is, despite not being an album, my favorite Charlie XCX album. X, yeah. uh, XCX album. Because um, she does manage to stick to the script with it and cut off the fat. Is that her problem then? Maybe she just doesn't. She's trying to please everybody still. Maybe, yeah. She's trying to please all the extroverts and all the introverts. And yeah. All the stands and all the fans and, and all, all the haters the and all the omniverts. Omniverts. That's the thing, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Just it's a bit too omniverted for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's play a bit from uh, the, one of the songs you mentioned, uh, "Official." Um, this is from Charlie XX. XCX song is called Official from Charlie, the album. Uh, yeah, I think we've uh, discussed all that we need to discuss about Charlie's album. Definitely not as disappointing as I was expecting mm. after hearing the few songs beforehand. I think it works better overall, but still not great. But I think there's a lot to take out of here you can enjoy yeah. at the same time. But uh, yeah, as a person, as an artist, I would just love to hear her commit more. Because I love her is the thing. I think she's great. And yeah. I wanted to like this a lot more than I did. 
Oh well. Okay, it that's happens. Charlie XX. I was called Charlie. Um, and uh, yeah, next week we'll be discussing. I don't know. Um, who knows? Who knows? Um, There's too much out. We can't commit to one thing. We're gonna make that decision shortly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, anything else you've been reading or watching or listening to this week? Um, not really. I missed Bake Off last night, so I don't have any. Um, Good insights. This is just going to be my weekly uh, shout out for Succession and how you should watch it. Uh, I know, I know. And look, like people in work are now at me about Succession. And I'm like, I know. (laughs) Yeah, it seems to have hit the discourse in terms of like, this is one of the best shows on TV and everyone should be watching it. Well, these people obviously listen to the end of the podcast. Exactly. So There's so um, many of you. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, um, not actually not too much. I've been out and about in the world quite a bit recently. Me too. I haven't and been watching TV. Do you know I've been or? watching? I've been watching a lot of Travel Man, um, Richard Iowati's travel series. I've just been watching that on YouTube. That's been just really nice. I really like vibe. him. I like him a lot. And I've been listening to um, some of Alex Turner's solo stuff, um, also unintentionally related to the Richard Iowati thing because he did the the soundtrack for Submarine, which is the film that Richard oh, yeah, I already yeah. directed. Um, yeah, just kind of, you know, I, I really love Alex Turner as a songwriter, but I forget that he has solo work that's also really, really excellent. So I've been going back and listening to that a good bit. But other than that, no, not, not much on. Cool. i just been listening to Alex Cameron, Miami Memory. Check Unreal. it out. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> Stepdad, song of the year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, you never know. Things can, t- stranger things have happened for sure. That's very true. Um, so that's really it for us on the podcast this week. Um, we're going to a play. We're going to a play now. We're going to some theatre in uh, the Fringe. So uh, we would enjoy that. Yes. Um, I can't even remember what exactly it's called because my brain is fried now. Some names were changed is what it's called. Yes. And we're going to go to it that. It looks interesting. It yeah. looks like an interesting piece of theatre. For sure. Um, but that's it from us this week. Uh, we're going to do a uh, final plug, I guess, for a couple of things. Um, podcast Festival in Cork on the 13th of October. It's a Sunday. It's 9 p.m. Um, the point of everything is on the same day. Yes. At five o'clock. There's a couple of th- other things on that day as well. The Creep Dive. Creep Dive is My also favorite on. podcast. It's a lovely venue, the Kino. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely venue. Nice to see a new um, venue open in, in a in a city and uh, well, an old, a new venue. But anyway, uh, a new space. A new space. Uh, speaking of new spaces that are also nice venues, uh, this Sunday at five o'clock there is a listening oh, party yeah. thingy. I that. Um, in Lost Lane, um, we're going to be listening to Kate Bush's. Hounds of Love album, which is a good album, and I will be saying words about it on a, a panel. Very good. Apparently. Very uh, so good. Five o'clock. I believe there are very few tickets left, so if you want one, get one. Great. Um, I'm sure. Why not keep the blows going? Uh, keep, um, it, keep it rolling. Quick. Uh, culture quick. night on Friday. Uh, Workman's Club, Silverbacks, Mary Wallopers, Oddmars, and Gif from nine pm to twelve. That's a free in gig in the Workman's Club. Um, thanks to Workman's for helping sort that out, and also. We have Luma on Saturday, so oh yes, it's going to be a busy one already. I can tell. I already know by some of the uh, tickets that are being flying around and and the people that are buying them and the interest and people that we're talking to. It's going to be a good vibe. Excellent. I'm going to have a good time. Um, so it's frightening, frighteningly busy weekend ahead. Yeah. But anyway, um, good we're going to leave you with a track from uh, Merley, aka one third of Rosanna Family, has a solo track out today called uh, "Illegible" featuring. 
um, guitar from Steve of Windings and uh, Brian Dillon on bass synth. And this song reminds me of um, if somebody, if, if Marley uh, took a track from the Redneck Manifesto and started rapping over it. That's pretty cool. Into it. So this is Marley with Illegible. And uh, oh yeah, sure. Look, patreon.com forward slash nine or nine. Give us the monies, please. Thanks. Badges. Um, <laughs> badges. You can get so, a badge. Yeah, badges coming soon. I got and T's are actually on the way this time. Woo. I mean it. I mean it this time. Um, yeah, they'll be here very soon. Very excited about that. Yes, I'm wearing my new badge. High, high, I feel very fetching. Yeah, high quality, premium, organic cotton tea on the way. You know it. <laughs> Only the best for our Patreons. Yeah, um, that'll be up soon. Um, and this is Merly with Illegible. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. about you shun them for euros my gullibility online made me desolate i want to know what's in the mental of people that hate by now all my icons started to bow those who remain don't impress me when the truth is out so when you drop the instrumental keep looking at the horizon i give you the resurrection of back on the mission so you know the second coming synonymous with a rapture for all whoever doubted the supremacy i'm bragging what you expecting yeah my new direction is hard like it <laughs> so i ain't done yet leave the lights off i ain't done yet leave the lights off i ain't done yet leave the lights off Put a pen down until the mic drops. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.